0: wish your boy Caesar here and this is another episode of the hybrid club hope all is good people you know where to find us on socials at the hybrid club you can find me at c says c-e-a-s-e-s-a-y-s so this is the man united arsenal preview that's right we're going to old trafford away trip five from five top of the league off the back of a deadline day where I think a lot of people were disappointed. We didn't manage to bring the reinforcements in. So some of that sheen, some of that gloss, some of that good feeling. Been, you know, a little bit, a little bit varnished, a little bit, you know, a little bit scratched. Taken a bit of a battering. Um, seen a lot of sort of uh, online Arsenal fans losing it a little bit. And I just, I, I, I've just got to say, I get it. I do, but at the same time. We just need to chill. Injuries can derail your season at the best of times. If that happens, it's not because the players we have aren't good enough to do what we need to do. It's because the injuries derailed the season. And so I understand why people wanted more signings in um, to be able to counteract that. But you have to remember that once our players are back fit, we still have those extra players and no minutes for them. So you have to balance it, right? To achieve what you want, your squad has to stay fit. So If we don't get where we want to go, it's not necessarily because we didn't strengthen. It's just because we couldn't keep the players fit. And that's just what it is. So for me, I think you can't just keep signing players in the hope that you'll have enough cover if everybody gets injured. The idea is for people to not get injured. You know it will happen. And so you build in versatility in your squad to be able to cover. And that's what we've done. We just find ourselves in a very unique position where three of the players who could potentially cover one position are all injured at the exact same time. That doesn't happen often, but it's happened to us here. So we'll see where it goes. But realistically, silly season's over, transfer window's closed, it's time to focus on the football, and we are here to talk about the Arsenal game against Manchester United on Sunday. Um, First thing to say is, look, for a lot of people, this might be the first real test of the transfer window. Um, For me, I disagree. I think Palace was a strong side. You know I think Fulham looked like a good side. They don't look like the Fulham of old. Um both presented unique challenges and we handled both of them with no issues at all. Um you know Villa again tough game but ultimately dominated them. So for a lot of people, I understand why they're saying it. I mean, it's certainly the first test against a top six opponent. Um and let's face it over the years we've not money we've not won many games at Old Trafford. So this is really going to be testing us probably at the worst point, um, given some of the injuries we have. That's not how you want to be going into a, a game against United at Old Trafford, regardless of of the state United are in. Um, and it's funny because, of course, while we are five from five, you know, we have seen those injuries. They have been impacting maybe the fluidity of our game. And we're coming up against the United side who started off horribly, but have now found their feet. And found their pace and starting to put together a a run of games and performances, not great performances, but good performances. Um, so I think we're we're meeting at a, a particularly unique pinch point in terms of the 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 stage the two teams are at this early in the season. As we've said, we've not won too many games there um in recent years. So realistically, we're heading to the Northwest for the first time this season. Looking for six straight wins. First time we would have done that since 47-48. So, a oh, while. Wow. And let's face it, it's hard to put together a run of six, seven, eight straight wins unless you're the likes of a uh, City or Liverpool and you're that much better than everybody else. Um, and we've seen, you know, Liverpool this season, they're struggling to match their, their previous level. Um, so, look, the reality is United have only beaten us once in our last eight games. Um, so you know we've managed to we've managed to compete there uh, after a period of time when competing with them really wasn't happening the way it should have been but that being said despite the fact they've only managed to beat us once in the last eight games we've struggled to beat them we've only won once in our last 15 games to old trafford so realistically we are trying to overcome a very long period of time that have seen us with minimal success against united particularly um, at their ground that being said that one win did come under michael arteta in 2020 um so you'll know he has that experience of doing it and we know he'll be he'll be talking through this team and and trying to bring them along that journey but look there are a lot of talking points in this game there's a lot of really exciting matchups and partnerships and battles that we're going to see so we'll we'll and it's usually and i say usually there's been a period of time sort of recent years particularly the emery years early Arteta years where this game wasn't that interesting at all. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, it's been a massively interesting game. You know, we hate them. They hate us. The whole Fergie-Wenger era made it even more competitive. So no doubt it's, it's, it's going to have its moments. And now we see two sides under two young managers with different ideas of how to play the game, but both with very dynamic ideas about how to attack how to defend, how to press. So this game should be far more interesting than, um, than some of the ones we might have seen in recent years. But look, if we look at the United team, for example, Eric Hag has come in, you know, he pretty much got out of Ajax as early as he could to kind of be at United over the summer and oversee the the rejuvenation of the squad that he's been trying to to bring into place. And look, he's brought melassia and Martinez and Anthony, all from the Air División, all of them, quite unique and exciting players in their own way Malasia absolute just sprinter super quick super aggressive into challenges we already know about uh, martinez question marks about him at center back but he's built up a really good partnership with Iran so far and of course deadline day got the deal over the line anthony and we know he's just going to be a devastatingly tricky skillful winger who's just going to put a lot of fullbacks on their bum. So we're going to, it's going to be tricky to see what happens there. You know, they brought in Christian Eriksen on a free transfer, which looks like a shrewd bit of business because whatever you think of him, he's a classy player, great delivery, good ability to play in the ball. I wondered about him playing in a double pivot in central midfield rather than playing as a 10, but he slotted into the role nicely. And despite their bad start, I don't think he's been the problem. He's been one of the solutions really for them. Um, but don't forget in terms of improving a squad as we know all too well from our own experience it's not just about the people that come in it's about the people who leave and united this season have got rid of the likes of paul pogba wan Matter, matic cavani lingard all of them released so they are very much turning over their squad and we had to do the same thing and you saw how long it's taken us the difference is look at the amount of money they've got to do it now obviously we've spent a lot of money over the years but United can literally blow a hundred million on one player. It's 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 a different league, really. So watch out for them in their rejuvenation. I said bad start to the season, but it looks like they're starting to string together performances. Um, and don't get me wrong, the bad start to the season was hilarious. You know that defeat to Brighton. Brighton are a very good side, and Brighton will take points off of a lot of good teams. Um, but that was genuinely hilarious. A uh, great game for Danny Welbeck. So always great to see when Danny Welbeck goes back to Manchester United and terrorises them. I still have those memories of, you know, that FA Cup quarter final. I think it was, you know, him uh, capitalising on a mistake, slotting it past De Gea, and then celebrating. Mwah, beautiful. Love Welbeck. Um, and then, of course, there was them getting absolutely pumped by Brentford and the deliciously hilarious meltdown that followed. So, yeah, they had a poor start, but they've strung three wins out of three ever since, starting with a combative win against Liverpool who, you know, despite their 9-0 pumping at Bournemouth, Liverpool have not been at their best this season. And what you saw was a United team who were highly motivated to win the game, and a Liverpool who were down on themselves. United managed to get the points. Um, The game against Southampton and Leicester, both 1-0 wins not great performances from united but they did enough and they certainly were against leicester i think the better team against southampton mm, better finishing and southampton could have won that game they had two really good chances that they really should have scored um so look united are not all conquering you know but they have made some good signings haven't mentioned casemiro brilliant signing from madrid although the amount he costs and his current age means that eventually they may come to question that transfer but that being said, you know players are playing well into their thirties these days. Great conditioning; he may well on to, may go on to be a good player for them for years to come. We'll have to wait and see. Um, they also picked up Martin Dubravka as a backup goalkeeper, as well. But you know they spent about 142 million this window. Um, I mean, the Casemiro signing is going to be interesting because obviously they've got fast attacking options up front, and he provides that anchor at the base. To break up play and give the ball to their to their ball players. So it looks like they've they've put together a, a team that is starting to be able to do the things that Ten Hag wants to do. But that being said, oh, and there is also the small matter of, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, who's effectively become their super sub. So if they're chasing a the game and they need a goal, bring on a guy who scored more goals than most players put together. So it's it they definitely got something, but I don't think we should be scared. I don't think we should fear them. I don't think they're the team they were. Um, they're dangerous, of course, but so are we, as has been demonstrated by our five-game run of getting maximum points, five wins, 15 points, top of the table. Despite how Deadline Day has people feeling, I think we've got to remember that this side is a very good side, and they have done very, very, very well so far. And I know that not getting those players in and not getting that that cover for those positions wide forward Central midfield is going to dampen some people's spirits. But honestly, um, I think we need to remember that realistically, we are going to have to be able to get through the season with the players you have. If these injuries happened a few days later and the window was over, we wouldn't have the option to replace them. We tried to, weren't able to. So we move forward with what we have. And we see ultimately whether or not we made the the right choice there. Um, So the fact is, we now are in a position where we're going to need to see if we can extend this run. We're coming into September and our fixtures are going to be pretty merciless um, in terms of who we're going to be playing. The we've, we've had the October where the favorable fixture calendar suggests to us that we should be taking maximum points. We've had that. We're now going into a game pretty much every three days, pretty much until the World Cup starts. And our fixture list is pretty unforgiving. I mean... We've got United coming up, Zurich midweek in the Europa League, away from home, Everton, then PSV at home in Europa League, then Brentford away, we know they're a good side, then Tottenham at home, then Bodo Glimt, who have had some surprising scalps in Europe over the last couple of years, Liverpool at home, Bodo Glimt away, Leeds away, City at home, Southampton away, PSV away, Nottingham Forest at home, and that's all before November. So... You can, see that we, you can see that we're you can see that we going into a very challenging period. So I, again, I understand the nervousness of people, but I really want people to focus on the fact that we do have a good side. And whatever we haven't been able to add to the squad, the players who are here, the ones who are available, the squad we can put out, they are good enough to get points at Old Trafford. So there are no excuses that, well, we didn't sign this player, so of course we're going to drop points. No, no, no. The players on the pitch are good enough to get points at Old Trafford. So, the focus has to be getting those points with the players we have. Um, but that being said, of course, it's a tricky game. We are away from home. United have got better. I think we've probably lost more Premier League games away against United than any other opponent. I think it's safe to say. Um, but it's an opponent that's gabble. I mean, this season, their stats aren't great. Their performances haven't been fantastic. Liverpool was by and afar. They were. Their best performance and of course they'd be up for that they just lost two and they're playing one of their biggest rivals in terms of historic you know historic rivalries so of course they're going to be up for it and look statistically we have a chance against them in the last 16 meetings with us you know i'd have kept one clean sheet and that was a goal at the emirates in 2021 um at home they've conceded in the last eight games against us um since one nil win in november 2013 so we get goals against them it's possible to score against them teams have been taking points off them um since fergie left i personally am of the opinion that we have not taken enough points off them at old trafford since fergie left given that everybody and their mum has been able to get wins off them um at their ground we need to be able to do the same um you remember the game at the emirates last season the finish three two that was a chaotic mess i mean that was unreal how ridiculous a game that was first you've got to have a risk scoring at the back post Later in the game, he's given away a penalty. Um, who knows what was going through his head? You saw the entire spectrum of Nuno um in that on that day, but he's having a fantastic time in Marseille. So long may that continue. You're, you also remember the day that Fernandez missed that penalty to the delight of Ramsdale. We all celebrated with him, and we also got the shaka boom where he scored the winner with a, a long power driver into the net. So that was that was utter chaos, but we got the points. That being at home. But you'll, of course, remember the last game away at Old Trafford. smith getting a goal, Odegaard getting a goal, but Ronaldo scoring a penalty to give them the win, which was just infuriating because that was obviously those, the, that was alongside that game at Everton where we dropped points as well. No business dropping points in either of those games. United were awful. They were terrible. And somehow we let them get the win. It was bad enough we didn't take a point. In fact, we let them get the win. Awful. So none of that this year. Um, but yeah, before that game at Old Trafford, um, the previous year was the first time we won at Old Trafford since 2006. Um, and that was when Oba scored. And then in 2019, the previous, previous season, we drew 1-1 when Oba scored again. Um, this season, of course, there is no Oba. So we're going to be relying on the likes of Gabriel Jesus, Martinelli, Saka to try and um, carve open the United events and, uh, and, and get some points. But before we get on to some of the important players, we have to have conversations about player availability because that is the entire reason that Arsenal fans are a little bit twitchy and a little bit nervous about these next couple of months. Um, so we heard Arteta in the press conference saying that Zinchenko wasn't able to train. Um, so we don't know if he's going to be available, but more likely than not, he's not available for this game. Um, we heard that party's going to be out for weeks and only out for months. Um so again, three players who could play in that deep line playmaker role gone. That pretty much leaves us Sambi unless we're rejigging the, the, the rest of the team, either dropping Shaka back there in support, et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, that's that's not great news. Equally, Ramsdale and Odegaard both picked up knocks against Villa, so they're being assessed. I think in terms of people's nervousness, if all five of those players are out, we've got big problems. We don't need. We don't yet know what uh, Matt Turner's like in terms of distribution with the ball to his feet. We we hear he's a good shot stopper. I think a lot of us are maybe a bit nervous about that after seeing uh, the sort of less than ideal performance in preseason. But it's preseason, and you know his first game for the club. I'm not. I'm not making judgments this early, but I think we'd rather wait to see Matt Turner's first game for Arsenal and have not have it be at United. I think we all remember. Uh, runison playing against City and just the the catastrophe that was not saying Matt Turner's on runison's level of course but um, we can wait to see Matt Turner's performance and as I've said on previous podcasts everything we do goes through Odegaard everything we do goes through him as a player if he is not there or if he's there but not fully fit and not able to produce some of his best football we are going to have problems Um, he not only connects the midfield to the attack he does it but while having the engine to be able to get up and down, he'll drop deep, pick up the ball, carry it forward, play people in, play in tight spaces, make passes other players can't make, um, assists, goals. He's doing it all at the moment. Genuine captain, fantastic. So without him, you're dropping Smith Rowe in, you're dropping Vieira in. It's hard to say what what that's going to look like. So um, it's really going to be it's really going to come down to the fact that we need Ramsdale fit for that distribution. For that varied distribution, we know we know him and short passes, chip over the attacker into one of the fullbacks, signed Wander kick straight into midfield or to one of the wide players. His range of passing, his range of delivery gets us out of tight spaces. We don't know if Matt Turner can do that yet. So let's hope Ramsdale's fit. And we need Odegaard there for our football to be as fluid as it has been these previous five games. But that being said, of course, there are important players and matchups all over the pitch. Um, no, as we said, no Aubameyang this time to get the goals for us. We are very much relying on our new number nine, Gabriel Jesus, who, along with Erdegaard, is our top scorer this season. He has been phenomenal. It's not just been the goals, his overall play is astounding. He never gives defenders a moment's rest, he's always on them, always movement, um, always moving, always chasing, always harrying. He has been a phenom. It's hard to overstate how good he's been since he joined. And we are going to need the very best of Gabriel Jesus in this game if we're going to get any points, particularly if we have the number of absences that we could potentially have. His role will be all the more important in occupying the United defenders, making their job in terms of trying to play out from the back harder, but also being sure to um, create many problems for them in terms of his own attacking play. And the thing to say about Jesus' attacking play, which is brilliant about him and what makes him such a rare find in an attacker is he doesn't have one set thing that he does he can come deep link up the play and then make a run into the box he's not someone who is predominantly going to try and beat you in the air but he can score in the air you know lofted balls in from saka's left foot to the back post he can do that lofted balls from martinelli to the back post to the right back post he can do that hang on the last man and running behind he can do that drop deep he can do that um so he, he's not going to come at you one way and so that constant threat and that constant danger means he's going to be crucial to us picking up any points in this game so we're going to need him on his best form um spoken about odegaard we know exactly what he does for us um yeah there's a reason he's the captain in terms of his importance to the squad tactically we see he's the guy who goes up to arteta mid-game They have a a little powwow about what's going on the pitch, which allows Arteta to make little adjustments to try and combat what's happening in real time. So he is very much Arteta's man on the pitch, which is why he's captain. Um, But we've also spoken about what he does on the ball and off the ball. Off the ball, his press is ridiculous. He is the press. We speak about Jesus and we speak about Martinelli, phenomenal presser, Saka as well. But Jesus and Odegaard are the press, right? Erdegaard's ability to bend his run and not press in terms of just closing down the player, but to curve his run, to cut off multiple passing options, to allow Jesus to do the same on the other side, to force the defenders either back to the goalkeeper or to the player that you've wanted them to pass through the entire time, for the press to be triggered, for someone else to close down that player and win the ball back, cause a turnover and go straight on the attack. He's so vital to that entire movement that we do off the ball, and of course he's vital on the ball. So what happens if he's not available? Smithrow come in, he plays as one of the eights is Smith throw a small space player is he someone who is maybe going to be able to play in those tight spaces and connect or is he more of a transition monster someone who can get get on the end of balls coming in onto the edge of the box um or with progressive running with the ball at his feet so it'll be interesting to see whether or not he plays there um most recently he's been used as an alternative on the left hand side or the right hand side so you know not wanting to Arteta to rejig too much, but does Saka come in at the 8 if Odegaard's not available and Smith-Rowe go right? Um, it will be interesting to see sort of how Arteta manages that and what he decides to do there. Um, I don't think we'll be seeing too much rejigging. I think it will be keeping as many pieces in place as possible. So I suspect if Odegaard's not available, we're going to be seeing either Smith-Rowe at the 8 or uh, Vieira coming and make his first start which will be wild because he's not played a minute of football for us beyond half a half a game for the under-21s. So maybe that happens, I don't know, but I think we all are hoping that the knock Odegaard got against Villa after that McGinn challenge, we're hoping that that um, is, is, doesn't imp- impact his ability to play, but almost as importantly, doesn't impact his ability to play to his full level because we don't want an Odegaard running around there half-injured, and make it worse and potentially lose him for the next five games. If he's not fit to play, better to not risk him and have him available for the majority of this run than think, oh, no, we need to pick up points at Old Trafford, play him when he's not quite right, and we lose him for longer. We've seen that over the years. That's happened with Tierney, That's happened with party We've lost him for, for for months, and it's derailed our season. We don't need that over-the-guard. So it's going to be on the club to manage these minutes and manage the fitness and and see what see what happens. So we'll see we'll see what's good there. Equally, when you are potentially losing so many important players, um, that's when your other players really do need to step up. And one of those players who has been stepping up is Granite Shaka. We need to talk about Granite Shaka. I am the first to admit he's not been my favourite player. It's not about him as a person at all. And I've certainly not been hurling abuse I at mean, him. It's not that kind of thing at all. Um, I find that genuinely quite ridiculous the fact he's had to deal with the abuse he's had to deal with. Um, but it's more a stylistic thing he's his style of player that he's been at arsenal has not been my favorite style and equally just some of the the typical granite shaka stuff that granite Shaka does is just infuriating at the best of times um but this granite Shaka that we've seen for the last year 18 months this is a granite shaka i can get behind this is genuinely a top 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 player i mean Um, he already has as many league goals um, as he's achieved in each of his last four seasons. Um, Between his first season and last season, 0.7% of his touches in the Premier League were in the opposition box. This season, it's 5.2% already. Um, You can see that by the amount of forward runs he makes into the box. And in fact, the goal against Villa, uh, Martinelli doing good work on the right, Shaka makes that run to the top of the box, whips the ball across, Martinez spills, Jesus reacts first, we get a goal. Um, we saw as well in the game against Leicester, the forward runs by Shaka and how they contributed to the goals we scored. He is doing really, really well in that position because it allows him to do some of the box-to-box actions. And who'd have thought, Granite Shaka box-to-box midfielder. But playing at the eight really does allow him to get up and down without him being sort of the last line of defence and having to fly kick someone in the chest to try and, you know, stop them scoring a goal. Putting chakra in this position allows him to show some of the skills that some of us genuinely didn't think he had. Um, and for those of you who saw it, kudos to you, because a lot of us didn't. Um, and so he's doing phenomenally well. Now, with Sambi likely playing at the base in the absence of Elneny, you'd expect, uh, similar to what happened with Villa, Shaka will maybe get into the box a little bit less to offer Sambi a bit more support so he's not on an island by himself in the six. So I think not necessarily that will be a double pivot per se, but we might just see Granite Shaka drop into midfield a little bit more just to be able to kind of um, provide that support. So what that means for our ability to um, fully attack United and put them under attacking pressure, that will be a game state thing and that will be for Shaka to manage. Um, but in terms of United and key players, First of all, that partnership between Varane and Martinez has looked good these last few games. Really aggressive in the challenges. You know, where they've needed to, deep block, not a lot of space to play in. Um, and where they've needed to go man on man, they've done what they needed to do. Um, so aggressiveness from, for example, Martinez in the challenges when he goes one-on-one, um, coupled with the ref's sort of let it flow approach, approach to games this season. has basically been a recipe for success in, in the last couple of games. So expect to see some tough challenges from the likes of Martinez and Malassia on the likes of uh, Jesus and Saka. So I'm fully expecting to see some tough challenges going on that go in on them that don't get punished by the ref. Um, and that's going to be frustrating, but that's in part what they're going to try and do. Um, of course, on the flanks for United, uh Sancho is a massive threat. He's their top goalscorer, and they brought in Anthony, who was registered in the time, so could feature. Uh, I suspect he's probably ready to go. And the two of them, while Anthony predominantly featured on the right for Ajax, um, the two of them can play on either flank and they can switch flanks. So it's going to be a tough day for our fullbacks and they're going to need to be on their A game when it comes to one-on-one defending. Um, Ben White is going to really need to try and avoid diving into any tackles because they will leave him well on his ass if they try, uh, if he tries that and uh, that could be exploited and he could be a meme within minutes. So I think it's going to be a really tough challenge for our full in terms of their their attacking. Um, Wiggins, it's going to be a tough day for our attackers trying to break down that defence, particularly in light of some of the aggress- aggressiveness of the challenges that will likely go unpunished by the refs because that's just the way it is this season and the way it has been when anyone uh, um, employs the uh, get physical of Arsenal because they don't like it up on tactics that we've seen over the decades where, you know, rough challenges go unpunished because people just think, you know, Arsenal players are soft. But I'm telling you, this this Arsenal team is not those Arsenal teams. We can mix it. We can go rough. Um, we just don't want to lose any more players to injury. So hopefully we can uh, we can mix it in terms of the physical game that we might see from their defence. And uh, yeah, stay fit and get the points. Um, so look, like I said, United had a bad start, but they've won three, lost two, um, scored five goals against seven, and they're currently sat in fifth. Um, We've won five, lost none, scored 13, goals against four, sat in first. They're get atable. And even their last couple of wins, they've won by one goal. They've not swept teams away. They've not looked like dominating them. It's been one goal wins. They've had decent performances, better against Leicester, you know, did really well against Liverpool, but they are by no means sweeping aside all comers in swashbuckling form. Us, on the other hand, despite some of the. Um, the losses of plays that we've had, we've done phenomenally well and we are playing some brilliant football. I don't think the injuries we have currently will stop the 11 players on the pitch being good enough to take points off them. What we have to do though is make sure that we don't end up in a position where we can see the goal first and we're chasing the game because the space we leave in behind, their wings can exploit. Um, so we need to make sure that we keep compact, we compress them in the space, we press as appropriate, and we build up Accurate passing, one touch play where we can keep the ball moving, dislodge their organisation, and get in and take our chances and try and be try and be clinical. And really, this is going to be very much a game of um, of matchups between the two sides in terms of uh, what we can expect from the different styles of play. So, what we're going to do is take a quick break, and we'll come back for part two, where we'll start to look at the style of play of the two teams, what we can expect from the lineups, and just uh, some of the things to look out for in the game bear with us and we're back for part two hey, hello people it's your boy caesar here and this is part two of the hybrid cup looking ahead to the game against united on sunday um so we're just going to take a look at some of the um styles of play some of the tactical approaches we might expect to see in the game and just some of the things to look out for generally touch on the starting lineup and just um what i might be looking for myself personally when it comes to this game so in terms of United style of play, Ten Hag very much does like possession football. So when it comes to being in possession, you know, it's either going to be sort of a 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, depending on the game state. Um, we know that they like to build up at the back. So ideally goalkeeper plays it to the centre back. Um, they put, the midfield provide options for the out ball. And you either go to the midfield via the fullback, or you go directly to the midfielder who's become available, bypass the press and transition centrally. Um, alternatively, it could be a case where they try and mix up the ball in and around their defensive third, um, literally pop the ball over the top to the wide players and then keep going. So it's very much a typical possession style. Try and basically transition through the thirds, maintain the ball, pass it around, dislodge the opposition's um, positioning, and then try and take advantage of the space. Um, I can expect that uh, That attempt is going to be made tricky by the way we press, but there's going to be a lot of, I suppose, there's going to be a lot of chess in terms of the move, the counter moves that each team makes. And I'll go into what I mean. What you might see, for example, is build up through the midfield, as I've said. So let's say it's Martinez who receives the ball. Um, He might try and play it to Varane. Varane back to Martinez. And you have McTominay and Erickson, who are the central midfielders, right in a double pivot. So one of them might drop closer to the center back to give them options. And suddenly you've created a triangle. Martinez, Erickson, McTominay. So Martinez to Ericsson, Erickson to McTominay. And because we would have pressed up on them, there'll be space in behind our midfield to then play through for Fernandez to run onto with the wingers to attack our our um, our defense. So they might try and play through them. But if our press is done well, that's going to cut off those spaces. They'll need to go back to the keeper more, which can mean they'll end up going long um, and we can recover the ball and go back at them. So our press is going to be really, really on point in terms of cutting off the passes that we don't want to direct them to where we do want the pass to then close down that player and try and get the ball off them in that situation. Particularly as we know that De Gea is not great when it comes to the ball at his feet which might mean more passes being played forward. But of course, you know, it's all going to come down to how much pressure we can put them under, in what way they've got clever players who are able to play out. Um, They're not relying on, you know, Maguire and Lindelof anymore. Uh, Varane and Martinez are quickly forming a partnership where they're building an understanding of what to do in scenarios. They've got quick out balls as well. Um, And of course, devastating pace up front. So it it is going to be interesting to see how we can deal with that. And that's where I said, when it comes to the press, having Odegaard fit is going to be vital to making sure the cohesive press we've built up in the last five games can be maintained. Mm -hmm. Um, Out of possession for them, Rashford is one of their key pressers up front. So he decides who to press depending on the situation. So for example, if we're playing out from the back and we give the ball to one of our defenders, whether it's Saliba or Gabriel, um, Rashford will go to the one with the ball and then one of their wide-wingers go to the other centre-back trying to cut off that pass. So suddenly, our players either going back to the keeper or going out to um, one of the fullbacks. Um, you'll see that Fernandes, for example, he'll push up to press on our pivot, which will likely to be Sambi on the day. So now you've got the two centre-backs covered in terms of a press. You've got a winger covering another winger. You've got Fernandes, um, so you've got a winger covering another fullback. You've got Fernandes covering the pivot. Um, which mean that you've got one full to play the ball to, which is exactly where they want the ball to go. Um, and their other winger will make a sort of curved run to make that angle tight, to make that pass difficult. And that is um, how the United press often works under Ten Hag. Um, the option in that scenario, for example, is for the midfield, when we have the ball and we're building up play, is to drop into more of a two-man pivot. So it would be, for example, for Shaka to drop a bit deeper to provide support to Sambi. Because if you do that, that gives us the extra man to play out with when we're building from the centre backs. Um, equally, if Jesus drops into midfield when that Milder pushes forward, when this happens, um, the United centre midfielder would either have to track Jesus or track Shaka. Um, and of course, if they were to leave Shaka, that gives you the extra man to to play out from. If they decide to track Shaka, that leaves Jesus to pick up the ball. If we can play around the press, or for example, we pop it to uh, one of our one of our players to pop it over the top straight to jesus and we've got an out ball and we're gone so that's one of the ways you can approach it both come with their own risks um but if we stick with the tactics we've seen arteta um go with so far we may effectively have that sort of 3-2-5 or 2-3-5 in build up from the center backs um with saliba and gabriel at the back um it would make it harder for united to press um in the way they want if we were to say you know like i said drop in that extra player in that particular build-up, So I'm not talking a double pivot in formational senses. I mean, in terms of build-up in that specific scenario where it's coming from the center backs. Um, but this is why in this game for both sides, technical security is going to be crucial. The ability to keep the ball under pressure in midfield is gonna be vital to how this game turns out. Um, United have devastatingly quick and tricky attackers, Anthony, Sancho, Rashford, who transitioning into open space it's game over, it's absolute murder, and you do not want them to do that. So you don't want to be in a position where there is a turnover and they get the ball and they can transition into space. So being able to maintain the ball under pressure is going to be key. And vitally for ourselves, same thing for them. You know, they've got McTominay in their midfield, they've got Eriksen in their midfield, Eriksen, good technical player, McTominay, big physical lad i really don't know what a mctominay is or what he does i'm not even going to pretend i do i have no idea how he starts for united week after week but he clearly must give them something that every one of his coaches sees that the rest of us don't but that being said if we're able to get turnovers from them we were able to transition as well with the likes of martin Sacco and Jesus, who are brilliant transitional players so it really is going to be about the technical security on the day that ability to retain possession under pressure keep the ball regain retain and go again it's going to be crucial Um, we're also going to need our defenders to have excellent one-on-one games as we've said with the way we play you know it's either a 2-3-5 or a 3-2-5 in terms of the positional play Arteta wants to do so you know you've essentially got the full backs joining the the six in midfield the two center backs at the back and then um, the rest of the players in that five and you create almost a, a sort of a containment field where you just compress the space and you try and keep the other team in their half, keep the ball, keep it moving, move it left or right, build up partnerships, triangles, and just create space and create openings that you can then exploit, either with cutbacks from the edge of the box or through intricate play um, in the triangles on the edge of the area. But doing that leaves your defensive flanks exposed, and that's where the one one defending comes. We saw it in Palace when a ball was played in behind for, I think, Odson Edouard to run onto. sleeper just matched him. And it was done. The race was done. He couldn't keep up, and it wasn't tried again. Um, we saw it in games um, again with Leicester, for example, and Vardy. Other than uh, one odd run, I think from Fafana, um, it just it, it didn't come to anything in particular. Uh, we saw Villa try it with Oli Watkins. I think he got into a sprint race with Saliba. wasn't wasn't a competition. So if our players can continue to to, to keep up in terms of the one on one defensive options. And, and, and the battles that they've been winning then I think we should be all right but we want to be careful because like I said the likes of Sancho and Anthony they do have the ability to embarrass a defender in a one-on-one with their tricks and technical ability so we need to stay strong don't go to ground stand up tackles and just you know don't get drawn in or sucked in watch the ball take the ball regain retain go again um, so that's going to be really really key um, on occasions United may gamble by keeping their wingers relatively high. Now, the risk to them, of course, is that there's less support for their fullbacks. And so if we've got the ball and we're attacking, more options, more space for us to to exploit. Um, but of course, this is why, again, I talk about that technical security, no loose passes, because if they do keep their wingers relatively high, then, as I said, they've got those flanks to transition into because they can win the ball, give it to a Fernandez or give it to an Ericsson, and they can just look up and a quick ball in and you know, we're looking at a three on three or a four on three. So it is, it is really important, um, that while there is potential opportunities for us to exploit, we need to take our chances when they come because the way we play gives them options, just like the way they play gives us options. And that's why I talk about it being a bit of a chess match that we might see in terms of when we see their player make a movement, we have to decide what we're going to do to react and how we react is going to give them opportunities but it's also going to be opportunities for us and vice versa. So it's honestly, it's going to be a really interesting tactical game if you're into that. And if you just like the battles and the, the sprints and the flicks and the tricks, I suspect you're going to get a bit of that as well. So I think there's going to be something for everyone in this game. And hopefully we come up the other side of it with max points. Um, it may be possible that from our perspective, our fallbacks don't venture too high um, and our wide forward goes wide and occupies their fallbacks this kind of would allow our center midfield to to drift into the attack and our spaces. Um, the wide forward can then drift inwards, um, leaving space for the overlap. And that creates an opportunity for us to attack, particularly if they've kept their attackers high, because it's it's not like our wing is gonna be then doubled up on, or our midfield is gonna be doubled up on. Their, their wing is um, still high. Um, our, our attacker has gone inwards. That's creates space wide for the overlap. So that would be, for example, Odegaard, or an Erdogard replacement to, to drift into that space, they can then either go to the byline and whip in across or do a cut back and sort of whip in one of those left field balls to the to the right back post or right footed on the other side to the left back post for, for Jesus to hit. So multiple different options for the attack to work. It'll just be interesting to see. From our perspective, out of possession, if we press, we often press with our front free as I've explained, you know, um it eight, eight's like an Erdegaard providing that sort of shadow cover um and then that kind of allows for a situation where you can um cut off the passing lanes force them into a particular pass that you want and attack united they do something similar where um you might end up seeing a situation where you'll end up with a four on four so they'll have their uh, striker plus their two wingers and their eight in fernandez essentially going man to man ending up pressing the the back four um, for our perspective. And when they do that, it's very much a case of trying to force a pass back to the goalkeeper or just trying to pick up on a mistake. Um, So we're going to need to make sure that, again, we create options, we keep moving. You know, someone like Sambi needs to constantly make himself available to to receive the passes. Um, Because otherwise, again, if we don't get our positioning right, we don't get our tactics right, we don't constantly keep moving and constantly keep communicating. It could be a tough day. Um, so we'll see in terms of the tactics how it plays up. We'll see what each team does. And don't forget, tactics all are good. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Both of these teams have individual quality. So you can have all the tactics you want. You can all have all the ball you want, all the possession, all the pressing. But honestly, each team has players capable of doing something and creating something out of nothing. We saw Jesus' goal against um, Leicester and how brilliant the creativity was. We saw some of the runs he's he's made, you know, particularly against Palace where that didn't come off. We've seen some of the individual brilliance that has led to goals. We also know that we're really, really, really good when it comes to set pieces. So I really want to hope that as much as Varane and Martinez have built up a good um, partnership in defense, I still think in their last couple of games, Martinez has not remotely been tested in the air anywhere near as much as he should. I would very much love us to put um, Big Gabby on Martinez and float some balls in from corners right onto his head and see how he competes. Because I'm sorry, Gabriel Magalhaes is one of the most dangerous attackers when it comes to defenders attacking the ball at set pieces. He's brilliant at it from, in terms of his defensive counterparts in the league so realistically we need gabby big gabby to be on martinez um to take advantage it shouldn't be Saliba. Saliba isn't that dominant in the air despite his size we need gabriel migali on martinez dropping balls on his head and let's see how he competes no doubt about it he's an aggressive defender no doubt about it um you know he's not bad he's certainly a good player it's clear he's a good player but equally, I think he's one of those players who's overly aggressive to compensate for his size against bigger players. And like I said, in this let it flow era that we're currently in, I think he's going to get away with a lot. But you put someone big enough on him, he's going to have to go OTT and he may have just given away a foul. So we'll see how it goes. Um, for me, my predicted lineup provided Ramsdale and Odegaard a fit. If not, it's a completely different ball game, but provided Ramsdale and Erdegaard are fit, I very much see a case of Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel Tierney, Sambi, Shaka Erdegaard, Saka, Martinelli, and Jesus. Um that's that's pretty much how I see it. I don't see why it'd be any different. Um obviously if Ramsdale's not fit, then we know Matt Turner's coming in goal and we'll just see how that goes. Maybe that impact may impact our tactical approach. Do we still try and go for the multiple different um, forms of dist- distribution that Ramsdale give us? Or actually, does he just focus more on going long to, say, Martinelli or Saka to bring it down and then play it play it back? So it'll be interesting to see what we do there. If Odegaard's not fit, as we said, you imagine it's Smithrow in the eight or Vieira coming in for his first start. So I'll be curious to see, if that happens, what the option is. But um, hopefully he's fit enough to play and, and have a good game. On the United side, um, barring any unforeseen circumstances, expecting De Gea to start... Alassia left-back, Martinez-Varan centre-back, Dalot right-back, McTominay um, with Eriksen in the middle, Fernandez with Anthony Sancho and Rashford. Um, provided Anthony's match fit, you suspect he's going to start because um, otherwise it would be Alanga. Um, And as has been the case in the last few games, pretty much expect Ronaldo to be on the bench and to come off the bench to bag them goals as and when they need it. So that's kind of what I'm thinking we're going to see from this game. In terms of me personally and what I'm expecting, or rather... What I want to see from this game, um, obviously the win, duh. But if I drill into that a bit, what I mean is we've got past the stage of the sort of um, plucky upstarts. You know, We've got past the stage of United being this ever-dominant team where Fergie gets Fergie time and he just dominates teams and wins, and that's what he does. United are not the same United, and we are not the same Arsenal. So this rivalry moving forward these years onwards, this is not the same rivalry, you know? So I would like to see the players forget the history. You know, a lot of times people are like, oh, you have to remember the history of the game, blah, blah. I want to see these players forget the history. I want to see them play the game in front of them. I want to see them play the team in front of them. Exploit their weaknesses. Forget what happened 20 years ago. Forget how many trophies each team's won or blah, blah, blah. Play the game in front of you. This rivalry is not the same as it was before. Um so I want to see us forget the history. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't anymore. Um, at least not in the context of winning this game. I also really wanna see that technical security in midfield. I wanna see us maintain possession of the ball, keep possession of the ball and keep the ball moving. So if we're not in a position, if we're not in a position where we can go, you know, 100 mile an hour at them, slow down the pace of the game, knock the ball around and just keep them moving. You know, don't fall into the trap of, oh no, we can't go 100 miles an hour. So we've given up position and now we're doing deep block defending. No, 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 don't get me wrong. There are game states, times when they're going to be attacking, times when we're going to be attacking. But we just want to make sure that where possible, we maintain control and just knock the ball around because we can. Um, I want to see Sam be given support. I think he's a talented player. I think he's been written off too early by some sections of the fan base. I think he's genuinely technically gifted. But he is definitely a player, particularly playing in that six. He is a player they're definitely going to target. And as I said, you know, with refs kind of having the let it go approach they've got, you can see Fernandez getting stuck into him and he needs to be robust and standing up to it. But his teammates need to support him in doing that. So I want to see him giving support, whether it be Shaka from, from dropping back a little bit to giving some help, but also from the likes of Gabriel and Saliba making themselves available to receive the ball and also getting stuck in. know, to give a little back if someone tries to give him something. But honestly, looking forward to seeing that. And also, I really want to see Bakayo Saka commit their fullback, because he's going to have a tough game against Malaysia. He's a good young player, really fast, really aggressive. So I want to see Saka just keep doing what Saka's been doing and go at him, because we're going to need to occupy their fullbacks to give us a really good chance of being able to create overloads, and triangles and patterns of of play to be able to create the space to take advantage. So those are the things I'm gonna look out for. Lastly as well, last thing in terms of what I'm looking out for before I go, I really, really, really want to see us stop Ronaldo from scoring. He scores against us every single, this is a personal thing, he scores against us every single time we play them. It's absolute nonsense. We need to stop that guy from scoring when he comes off the bench i want the game one i want to shut it down and i want him basically not able to do anything so realistically i want us to have won the game before they bring him on so that we can shut the game down and see it out and for once that man doesn't score against us we take the points from old Trafford, and we get the hell out of there so we can look ahead to zurich and maybe get some rotation in get some other plays some min- some minutes um and see what happens and do look out for the substitutes, actually, because if we do a heavy rotation for Zurich in the Europa League, um, which we may have to do, there will be a lot of players who would step into that game having not played a minute of football since preseason. So look out for the substitutes and let's see who's going to get some minutes coming off the bench in preparation, not only to try and see out the United result, but in preparation of playing in Zurich midweek. But anyway, that's it for me. That's the United preview. Um, it's still saturday morning you've got your entire weekend ahead of you go enjoy it have fun live life be good to one another let's enjoy the day's results hopefully every one of our rivals loses and we can go into saturday having a good time anyway people that's it for me this is the hybrid club you know where to find us on the socials at the hybrid club you can find me on the socials at c says c-e-a-s-e-s-a-double-y-s now have a good one i'm out here in a bit people Thank <laughs> you.